we're still debating on priorities, procedures, and, and things that we want to do first. Uh, obviously, we have massive time constraints and an infinite backlog, so you do need to make sure you're working on the most important features. And what we do is we obviously discuss, argue, uh, fight over, you know, no, we should do this or we should do that. Loads of customers are asking this and asking that. We try to come to the meeting with as much data as we can to back up our, you know, our arguments. Hi, I'm Andrew Salvador, CTO of CoinRule.com. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today how Andrew Salvador created an automated way for you to trade crypto without any coding. All this and more on Code Story. Andrew Salvador is a father of two young boys, and when he is not working, they fill up his schedule. He and his boys live half an hour from the forest, so they spend lots of time there, swimming and jumping in muddy puddles when possible. He enjoys sports, nutrition, and personal optimization. Though he tends to lean towards reading about self-improvement, he has drifted into educating himself on startups, crypto, and trading, which is important for his current venture. Andrew's founders began to realize the impact of the fact that the crypto market is a 24-7 market. In most days, they would wake up in the morning and wish they wouldn't have been asleep when crypto events occurred. They wanted to build something to do it for them, and Andrew was recruited to move the company and the product forward. This is the creation story of CoinRule. CoinRule is a platform that allows you to define automation rules for trading, specifically trading cryptocurrencies. You can think of it a bit like Zapier, where you say, if it's going to be raining tomorrow, uh, send me an email, 7 a.m., grab the umbrella. Uh, you can do something similar, but with coins. So you can say, if the price of Bitcoin goes below 40K, then buy me 50 US dollar. Uh, with this account and so on. But you can also build very complex rules with, uh, you know, over time we added more and more sort of conditions and actions and things that you can do based on technical indicators or relations between coins. So fundamentally allows you to automate uh, your trading. Crypto being 24-7 is not like stocks. You have a day job. It's really like you need to be top of it. And CoinRule allows you to do that in a smarter way. I joined the company in, in kind of phase two, which is uh, trying to scale the team. The, the idea came to Gabriel, which is uh, our CEO. He saw that most of the things that were happening at nighttime were like opportunities for a trade that he felt like, oh, I missed out on this or I missed out on that. You know, it's like things things happen so fast. It's really hard to manage it. So he came up with this idea and then he met the other uh, founder, Oleg, and they started talking about this. Both of them were in a transition. And then they found the tech co-founder, which is Danny. 
you know, it started with a very simple rule, like if price go down, then buy this amount. An MVP of a month and all three of them locked themselves into a room and they hacked the thing together. And, you know, they put in front of some early customers and they got some really good feedback. You know, from there, they essentially took it over a number of iterations and the product grew. Either a little bit of that backstory or let's start where, where you joined. Tell me about the MVP or tell me about that first version of the product that you took over. You know, how long it took you to recreate it or improve it or where you want to take that story. But tell me about that MVP. So when I joined the company, there were a number of things I wanted to focus on. One of that was the, the productivity of the team. Being a very small team, I wanted to make sure we we're as productive as possible. And I focused on iterations, specifically with like releases and pipelines and getting the code out as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, as safely as possible. So when I joined the company, essentially doing a release would take four hours for one of the components because of the way it was architected, the way it was designed. Even before joining, actually, I was still working for my previous company. Uh, I started working on a Kubernetes cluster to dockerize the whole environment and, and run it on top of Kubernetes. I, I had some previous experience doing that. My kind of MVP with Coin Rule was, was more about the technology than the product to really help them. Now we do releases. I don't know how many times per day, uh, and, and most of those take about 30 seconds. We're just replacing an image with another, no downtime, roll it out. We still have some kind of legacy components in terms of the way we we roll out the applications to production and roll back, because obviously you can imagine if there is a problem rolling back, taking four hours is gonna get a lot of angry customers. So it was more about that. It was more about the tech stack and, and focusing on um, the kind of CDCI aspect. So then from that point, how did you progress and mature the product? How did you you know, grow it? And, and I think what I'm interested in is how you built your roadmap, how you decided or how you went about deciding this is the next most important thing to build. We're still debating on priorities for features and, and things that we want to do first. Uh, obviously, we have massive time constraints and an infinite backlog. So you do need to make sure you're working on the most important features. What we do, we're, we're a fully remote company and every three months we get together physically in the same place and we talk about a quarterly roadmap. So the quality roadmap is we kind of get in a room, we talk about the, the pillars that define the customer experience and also the ones that we want to bring in in the future. And what we do is we obviously discuss, argue, uh, fight over, you know, no, we should do this or we should do that. Loads of customers are asking this and asking that. We try to come to the meeting with as much data as we can to back up our, you know, our arguments. There are many things that mostly Gap and Oleg take kind of from there into further validation. We do, we do quite a bit of validation before starting to work on something. For example, by talking to customers or 
looking at uh, what's on the market, but also looking at where we want to take the company next. Talking to a lot of investors, uh, they come from different backgrounds, some of them are from trading and they give us a lot of really valuable input. And then, so from, from this, we kind of build a, a high level roadmap that then uh, we start prioritizing and uh, breaking down into smaller pieces. One of the things that I, I brought to the company as well was the concept of uh, iteration, starting with something small and, uh, you know, trying to get it out as soon as possible. I, I keep telling my team, you know, it's not about ideas, it's really about the executions. If you work on something for three months without getting anything out, it's pretty much useless. Um, you probably wasted, I don't know, two thirds, if not more of that time. Because even if it's something behind feature switches, it's still really fundamental to get that out into the main branch and released uh, in production. You have to break it down into smaller chunks to be able to consume it in a measurable, reasonable amount of time and remain agile. Well, let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And, and what do you look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? So hiring is, uh, I, I think everyone will agree, hiring is one of the most difficult aspects of any company, no matter the size, I think it's, uh, it's critical to hire the right people. When you work for a bigger company, maybe the impact of a single individual is probably kind of amortized across the team. But when you have a small team, it's really, really important to get the right people. And uh, it becomes more important because it'll be, you know, instead of being one hundredth of a team is one fifth or one tenth. So we we obviously hire people through, you know, the normal channels. We advertise our jobs. We brought some people, ex-colleagues and people that we already know, but that has limits. We also started outsourcing. We got some people from nearshore and offshore companies that work with us. But to be honest, in terms of quality and caliber, there is nothing better than referrals. If you have good engineers in your team and uh, you work hard to build a great, a great functioning team, a team where people feel fulfilled, they feel like they're empowered to do their job. They have everything they need to grow and uh, they can make those decisions, then it, it's very easy to get people referred and it's very easy to build a team nearly of friends. Well, let's flip to scalability. And given, you know, there's, there's blockchain elements, there's, you know, obviously crypto elements, it'll be interesting to see where you take the conversation. But did you build this to scale efficiently or was this built to scale efficiently from day one? Or are you fighting this as you grow? We haven't built this to scale from, from day one. We're having a scaling issue all the time. Every single sprint, we do some work to improve the way we scale and to improve architecturally the way things kind of hang together so that can be scaled further. To give you an example, you know, when you define some rules in the product, uh, they get executed in like what we call the, the rule engine. 
Uh, and the robot engine is made of a number of workers. The way we essentially source the workers, so you can imagine this as a, as a, as a big queue where workers pick up the work out of the queue, they execute something, and then they update some, some stats, some databases, they do some trades, they sell some coins, they buy some coins, and so on. This, this sprint, uh, we're working on, on improving that further and probably going to work for the next few months, let's say, on this approach to make sure uh, it works for different customers because we have different customers. We want to try and offer uh, different SLAs. So like your rules will be executed within X seconds. You know, it's just one aspect of some of the scalability issues that we never thought about at the beginning. But as we we want as a business to offer different plans and different uh, SLAs, you know, we cannot really be bound to, to physical machines uh, so badly. So we're kind of moving this away from physical machines into uh, containers, uh, but that takes you know, brings us to new challenges that we're trying to address in the, in the next few months. You don't want to over-engineer, right? You can't start designing for scale when when you don't even have a, a product market fit. When, when you get to that point, you always regret not doing it. Well, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all you've built, what are you most proud of? A number of things, right? I, I think... Uh, from, from a product perspective, the way we handle uh, payments and uh, user subscriptions has improved a lot. So I'm quite proud of that work because with that, I took a chance to, to do a number of improvements in, in the way the backend talks to the frontend and, and so on. So I'm quite proud of that. From, from a product perspective, it's a much better experience. From a team perspective, I'm, I'm also quite happy with the team we have at the moment. Uh, I think we managed to hire a bunch of really, really good people and we can uh, really take the product to the next level. I would say overall, it's also, I guess, the process that I brought to CoinRule that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. How we even do sprint planning, how we think about delivering something and that concept I introduced before about slicing something, making sure that it's small, digestible. Even though you have the end in mind, you need to think about iterations and how you get there. Uh, I'm quite proud of, of, of that aspect. Well, let's, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. <laughs> Where do I start on that? <laughs> We've made some mistakes in hires, hiring the wrong person or hiring someone that wasn't a fit. You, you're talking about people. No matter how delicate you want to be, it's, it's hard. We try to get a few different data points. We do the usual kind of tests, but uh, sometimes you, you, you're missing things. Um, uh, other, other things more from... Um, I guess from from a kind of uh, uh, tech, more specific tech, uh, uh, we worked on um, um, a version of the uh, rule engine uh, for quite some time. 
uh, when I joined the company, the project was ongoing, and obviously, you know, it wasn't uh, something that you join the company uh, and you just, you know, start killing projects. You know, that, that effort was really going nowhere. It was one of those that has been in the pipeline for six months. It hasn't been released yet. Uh, we want to do the best possible work. We're aiming for 100% test coverage and, and all those things that are, are great on paper, but until you put it out there, you, you have no idea what's happening. You literally have no idea what's happening. But that is, is also something that, you know, really resonated with my my experience and my my philosophy to make sure you you break down things and um, nothing is accepted until it's in production. So what does the future look like for Coin Rule, the product and for your team? It's exciting, man. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about the future. We have some really interesting features that you know we want to work on. We want to make it a little a little bit more social. There's going to be uh, an upcoming uh, offsite where we'll discuss some some of this in in further detail. I guess it's it's it's, it's a new experiment. Is we want to try and and bring more collaboration between our users. It's interesting we have some uh, groups on telegram they're very active you know people are very engaged with the product they log in multiple times a day we want to see if uh, there is a way for people to help each other apart from that we also uh, are working on new integrations so additional exchanges uh, but we're also looking at long term uh, to make coin rule uh, a platform that you can integrate with in in an easier way so you know think think uh, about some uh, high level api that you can say okay i i want to when something happens like the price of uh, some asset goes up or goes down i want an email sent to my inbox or I want to tweet. So we're thinking about integrations, not just with exchanges, but also with other third parties, mostly obviously in, in the, you know, something related to trading, but not, not necessarily some, some, there are some really interesting ideas as well for integrations. With that, probably uh, another one that is really really exciting is is DeFi, so uh, decentralized finance and you know moving away from actual exchanges into um, DeFi is going to be a major direction in the future something that will grow massively i would say there is the ambition in CoinRoll to become a platform that you know allows you to to think about assets not crypto not stocks any kind of digital asset should be tradable with some rules that is the kind of ambition and and you can think how complex that would be obviously well andrew let's switch to you who influences the way that you work I mean, name a person you look up to and why you know if you were to ask me this question two years ago i would probably have said someone else then i would say now and i kind of keep changing based on the work i do based on where I am in, in my life. In my previous role, I was managing a lot of people and I was, uh, for example, quite inspired by Bill Campbell and, you know, the book, The, the Trillion, The Trillion Dollar Coach. 
it's very inspiring both from a kind of people management perspective and from a, a tech leader perspective. More recently, I guess, uh, again, because of my job, I had a, the opportunity to meet Brian Helming, which is the co-founder and CTO of Zapier, and I was quite inspired by him. I really like, you know, his style and his approach, and I, I think there's a lot of similarities between Zapier and uh, CoinRule.com, as, as I was saying. Uh, someone else, Gustav, I can't remember his surname, is the CTO of uh, Spotify. I also, you know, was quite biased by some of his blog posts and his approach to knowledge management, for example, and um, thinking about complex problems. Uh, these are probably the ones that I think mostly about. Well, we talked about a mistake earlier, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do differently? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? We spoke about hiring and some of the things we were not doing at the beginning. Yeah, that would definitely be one thing. Knowing what I know now, probably approach also some conversations with the, uh, with the founders in a slightly different way. You know, whenever you come from another job, you bring with you some some baggage, and and that influences the way you you talk to people. Maybe I should have spent a bit more time trying to know them before trying to influence them, or before trying to convince them that doing something is correct. I I think I mean that's in general true for everything. I think normally founders are people with very strong personalities that went through a lot and, you know, they have quite a bit of history sometimes together if you join an existing company. And, uh, you know, trying to understand the context is definitely, like, helpful to, to be as effective as possible. Well, last question, Andrew. So you're getting on a plane, and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it, they can't wait to show it off to the world, and can't wait to show it off to you, right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit? I would say get this in front of as many people as you can, as quickly as possible. Get feedback. I'm not saying trust 100% the feedback that you get, because many people don't know what they want, but... Yeah, without that kind of validation, product is uh, is useless, right? I, I think once you find the product market fit, and, and you can pivot, you can change, keep adjusting, but ultimately it's all about talking to customer, getting feedback from them. That's fantastic advice. Well, Andrew, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling your creation story of Coin Rule. Thank you very much, Noah. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for inviting me. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash codestory for just five to ten bucks a month. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.
saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 